Green Sense Show is sponsored by CEA Technology, providing a sustainable modular indoor growing system. Visit CEATECHN.com to learn more. I'm Robert Colangelo, and this is Green Sense, where we bring you eco innovations that are changing your world. Chicago is home to two of only 11 centers recognized by the Species Survival Commission of the International Union for Conservation of Nature. This week, we welcome Chuck Knapp, Vice President of Conservation Research at Shedd Aquarium, to tell us more. Chuck, welcome to GreenSense. Thank you so much, Robert. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Chicago's museum complex, it's world-class, and it's uh, probably one of the greatest in the country. It consists of the Adler Planetarium, the Field Museum, and the Shedd Aquarium. And uh, my parents took us uh, as kids to the Shedd Aquarium. It was was wonderful. Uh, We took our kids there. It's a Chicago institution. And for those who've never been there, please give us a thumbnail of what makes the Shedd Aquarium such a world-class institution. So Shedd Aquarium opened its doors in 1930, and we were the first inland aquarium to have marine species. And so it was really an opportunity for people of the Midwest to marvel at the wonders of the marine environment. Um, But we also have um, a large collection of freshwater species as well. And so what For me, what's so exciting about working at an organization like Shedd Aquarium is that it provides an opportunity for people that normally would not be able to see, for instance, a marine environment or the beautiful freshwater environments of South America. It provides them a window into those underwater worlds. And really, it's an opportunity to have that evocative experience that hopefully then will provide a pathway for people to get more engaged with conserving these animals and these habitats if they desire. And so um, it's it's almost a, a one-stop shop for conservation where we have the ability to you know, draw people in to, to marvel at these incredible animals, but then provide them with other opportunities to help to help these animals in the wild. Well, it's nice to hear that Chicago's first of things. And I know the Adler Planetarium was the first planetarium. And uh, I, when I was younger, I did an internship at the Field Museum another great institution. So you're, you're very lucky to be working in that complex. Um, so tell us a little bit about your role as vice president of conservation research. You know, what, what do you do day to day? So I have the privilege to lead a team that conducts conservation applied research, both locally in the Great Lakes region, as well as in the marine environments of the wider Caribbean, but in, and in some regards, the Pacific. And so I also have my own research program. So I started, I started at Shed over 30 years ago. I started as even longer than that. I was a high school student who was one of those kids that loved the marine environment in the Midwest, but where would I go if I had that interest? And so I went to Shed Aquarium. So I've been running these halls since I was a little boy and I was able to participate in a high school marine biology program where I was able to go aboard. Shedd Aquarium owns and operates an 80-foot research vessel that's based in Miami, Florida. We're the only aquarium that has that unique asset. And so that's when I fell in love with the marine environment and it changed my life. I knew that I wanted to do some type of, have some kind of career in the environmental um, role. And so Um, I started as an aquarist and I took care of animals at Shed and I became fascinated with 
rock iguanas, which are from the Caribbean. And I never knew these animals existed. But again, this is the power of working at an organization like Shed, where you can people can get exposed to animals that they didn't know existed in more of a personal way. And so I my career path took a little bit of a detour. And Shed supported me as a part-time employee as I was earning my graduate degrees at the University of Florida. So I was working for Shed in Chicago, going to school at University of Florida, and doing my research in the Bahamas on rock iguanas. And so- um, Wait, we got to so unpack that. Doing my <laughs> research in the Caribbean. Uh, it sounds like a, a wonderful job, beyond wonderful. It it was, and so I so I've ex, ex, since expanded, and so I I came back to shed full time again in 2010 to develop and lead this conservation research department. So now I do less of the field, although I still go into the field whenever I can. In fact, I just came back from El Salvador about a week and a half ago. Um, but now I have the privilege of leading others and helping them shape their conservation research programs um, to to be as impactful as possible for conserving ecosystems and species. And so. Um, now I do sit in front of a computer and I do strategic planning and budgeting and administration type of work. Um, when I can, I do go out into the field. Um, but again, we have a team of four, you know, four biologists at least doing research in both of freshwater and marine environments. Well, as I said, the aquarium's a real gem, and we always like to boast here in Chicago uh, when we're best. So is there any metrics that are used to compare aquariums uh, around the world? And if so, how does the Shedd Aquarium compare nationally and internationally? I mean, that's a really good question. I think the metrics can be somewhat subjective or tailored just depending on the individual organization. So I know for a while, and Shed is very proud to be one of the most diverse aquariums in the world. So we have over 22 different thousand animals of over approximately 1,500 species. So just wow. in terms of diversity, to be able to showcase the wonderful biodiversity of the globe, there's no better place than Shed Aquarium. I mean, we have animals from the cold, you know, Pacific Northwest waters um, to tropical, you know, Pacific to the Caribbean. So we have everything in between. And so really, if people want to get a, a, a snapshot of biodiversity, aquatic biodiversity across the globe, Shed aquarium is your place to be. Um, so it just depends. But then when you when you couple that and partner it with the other programs that we have at Shed. So, you know, we talk and we talk conservation at the aquarium, we talk with a big C because not only are we showcasing animals, but we're also we have education and learning programs so that kids, students and, and adults can learn about these animals. We also have a conservation action team, which engages the public and bring people out into the field to help us with our some of our restoration efforts or our canoeing and kayaking on, on the Chicago River to learn more about some of the restoration efforts that we're doing both on the river as well as in the, the Forest Preserve District of Cook County in Chicago. Um, we also have a policy teams, uh, conservation policy. I could go on and on. I mean, our communications team, it's, it's wonderful to work at an organization where we can do our work. We can, let's say from a science perspective, publish a paper, and maybe some scientists are going to read that paper. But when our communication team helps write an incredible press release for that, and then that gets targeted towards a specific audience. So I'm going to use the Bahamas as an example, where we have been doing conch research for almost a decade now. Um, a conch is a large marine snail for the listeners who may not know. And it has- Good eating too. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it, it has cultural and economic significance to the wider Caribbean, and especially in the Bahamas. In fact, it's on their coat of arms. Um, however, it's being overfished throughout the wider Caribbean. And so 
we published a paper um, with with multiple suggestions and recommendations on what needed to be done in order to help save the conch fishery. Well, again, we published it in a scientific journal. But once it once the press release was sent to certain outlets within the Bahamas, that became a talking point for two weeks straight of Bahamians talking about, well, we, we do need to save this fishery. So again, that's just one example of working at a diverse organization like SHED, where there's one mission, we're all mission driven, but we all have specific skill sets in order to help us collectively reach our goals. Let me ask the question a different way. In your mind, is there a uh, is there an aquarium that sets the bar? You're really trying to twist this uh, <laughs> this answer out of me, aren't you? Just, just, <laughs> well, of I'm course, aquarium is the best. No, um, <laughs> you know there there are a number. So AZA in general, if people who don't know what AZA stands for, the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, and it's somewhat of the industry bar setting standard. So there are only about approximately 240 zoos and aquariums within this organization. And they set a high standard of becoming a member. And part of that it has to do with conservation. Part of that has to do with, you know, your um, your business practices, your security practices. And so I'm just going to use that as a subset of who I'm talking about now. Um, I would say that, yes, there are some, you know, that pop into my head, but this is all subjective. So, you know, when I think of a, a large aquarium, I think of Monterey Bay, I think of the, you know, the New England Aquarium, I think of the, you know, Georgia Aquarium in Atlanta, and, and there are others as well. Um, the, the Tennessee Aquarium is another one where, in my mind, I'm picturing aquariums that merge you know, really incredible exhibitry, incredible collections, but then they also have those other programs, supporting programs um, that are all about the animals and conservation. And there's a method to my madness of answering this question, because I'm trying to set this up for, you know, how you got on the list here of, of only two of 11 organizations. And so let's get into that and talk about the International Centers for Species Survival Designation. The Shedd Aquarium, the Morton Arboretum were both designated as centers for species survival. Shedd's uh, center is devoted to freshwater ecosystems, while the Arboretum is focused on trees. So tell us about the designating organization. And uh, uh, I guess the Species Survival Commission is part of the International Union for Conservation of Nature. That's a mouthful. So <laughs> tell us uh, in a thumbnail what that all means. <laughs> It, it, it is confusing. It's confusing for people that even belong to the IUCN. So just in a real broad stroke, the IUCN is the world's largest and oldest global conservation organization. And the work out of the IUCN is done through staff, over 700, 500 staff in, in 60 different countries. But it's also done through six main commissions, we'll call them. And these commissions are volunteer-based. One of the commissions is the Species Survival Commission. There are about 10,000 volunteer members, and they're all experts. They're scientific experts, whether or not it's um, for different species or whether or not they're thematic experts, let's say, on climate change or, intro or introduced species um, as one of one example, two examples. And um, and so the work that's done out of those out of those commissions really help drive targeted conservation action for either groups of animals or for habitats. Um, most people probably know that, you know, we talk about, oh, an animal or a plant is endangered. Well, what does that mean? And who is the one that designated that as endangered or not? Well, one of the knowledge products out of the SSC or Species Survival Commission includes the red list of threatened species. And so these are lists that are kind of the gold standard that are used by government organizations, nonprofits to be able to understand you to be to know 
How can we target conservation action towards endangered species? But then also, how can we use that list as a benchmark to understand how successful are we at when we conduct and implement these conservation measures? So there are about 180 different thousand species that are on this list right now. And um, so that's just one of the knowledge products. And so um, what we do you see how hard this is? Because I started yep. going off. There's no <laughs> thumbnail to, you know, a, a quick answer to the IUCN SSC. But essentially, it's just it's a union of, you know, volunteers. It's a union of non-government agencies and government agencies all working together to try to help save species. And how was the shed selected to be uh, uh, to uh, one of the 11 organizations that were designated? That's pretty uh, that's pretty uh, much an honor. It is. It is. And thank you for that. It's I think it speaks to and underscores our commitment to conservation and how we really have put processes and programs in place to advance conservation. So I uh -huh. am. I, so when did, I, they, did you have to complete an application or did they independently seek you out? It was through com con conversations through both sides. So I co-chair the IUCN Iguana Specialist Group. So I have been working with the IUCN and with the leadership within the Species Survival Commission for years. So I've had the opportunity to be able to have conversations. They knew what Shed Aquarium was all about. And they have been starting to develop these partnerships because they understand the importance and the, the, the strategy behind coupling efforts with zoos and aquariums because of the power that we have to be able to, we're stable, um, we have the, the, the ability to reach people through this messaging, um, and we have the ability to raise money on behalf of conservation. So this is a relatively newer initiative for the Species Survival Commission. It's been, these centers have been, only been around for, don't quote me, give plus or minus a few years, but less than a decade. So this is this is relatively new and it's starting to gain momentum. So yes, it was because of the work that SHED has done, because of the commitment that we have that of all those programs that I mentioned previously, um, we we are serious about conservation and that was that was relevant to them. They understood that as is the Morton Arboretum. So the ability to join forces with the Arboretum through this new grant, that the multi-year grant that we received, was an opportunity to elevate the Chicagoland region as a hub for biodiversity conservation. So it was really, it was a win-win situation in terms of now we're gonna be working more closely with the Morton Arboretum. This, we, we received the grant recently that's gonna enable us to work with, for instance, the Field Museum. So we're also developing those deeper linkages within the organizations um, on museum campus. So a couple of things there, a couple of follow-up questions. You know, you don't think of species protection in the Midwest. You know, I think of the uh, the rainforest or maybe an arid area or uh, so. So tell me the types of programs that you would work on in the Midwest to preserve uh, species. Of course. So currently we are working with, so right now the Great Lakes is a gem, right? It is a freshwater gem that I think many people in the Midwest take for granted. However, there are hundreds of uh, 180 roughly invasive species that are in the Great Lakes Basin. And I'm sure people know about the quagga mussel or the zebra mussel or the, the jumping uh, Asian carp that hit people in the heads when they're, when they're dr driving their boats by. 
So these are all impacting our ecosystems and they're critically important. So as an example, what Shedd Aquarium is doing is we're, we're conducting restoration programs where we're cutting an invasive species of buckthorn around these ephemeral pools um, that are important for amphibians. And then our science team is understanding what's the most effective way to do that to have the biggest positive impact on those amphibians. We're also doing habitat enhancements in the Chicago River, where it's a relatively sterile environment where there's not a lot of habitat. And so we're working with our partners in Chicago, one partner called Urban Rivers, to um, to install these floating wetlands. And this is becoming more and more popular. Um, to yeah, try we, to we did a story wildlife. on that. Yes, <laughs> exactly. To try to attract wildlife. Well, what's fantastic about this partnership and about SHED is that not only are we installing these wetlands, but we're also then following it up with the science to understand how is that impacting the the ecosystem the wider ecosystem from the zooplankton to larval fish that might be using that um, that habitat um, we're also looking at migratory fishes actually up the north south axis of lake michigan through wisconsin to understand the timing of migrations of the um, suckers which are very important fish in the great lakes region and how is um, either um, climate change and or um, culverts or low head dams impacting their ability to migrate we're looking at freshwater mussels some people listeners might not even know that there are freshwater mussels not the invasive quagga or zebra mussels but freshwater mussels in the midwest that are critically important for their habitats um, they filter water so they perform a vital ecosystem service they stabilize the riverbed so they're really important and they provide a food source but they're being they're, they're one of the most endangered groups of animals in the world and North America is the breadbasket of diversity for these freshwater mussels. And so we're doing studies to help better understand where these mussels are, what their true species designation are, um, what's the longstanding um, health of these populations over time through mark and recapture. And we're involving people along the way during many of these projects. So people are coming out and they're helping us do this type of research. So those are just some examples of what SHED is doing in particular. But then we're also branching out, not just in the Midwest, but to some of those maybe more exotic habitats that you were just describing, right? And that's why we're branching out into the Central America to do some freshwater biodiversity surveys and freshwater um, within Central America as well, because they're extremely biodiversity rich, but capacity poor. So they, they really don't have the ability to do some of this work at the moment. So you mentioned earlier that uh, you didn't just get recognition, you also received some funding and a grant from the Skokie-based uh, Walder Foundation, and that went to both you and the Morton Arboretum. Uh, do you have any joint programs with the Morton Arboretum that you're working on together through that grant? Yes, we do now. And so um, there is a restoration effort taking place in Costa Rica in the Cotan watershed, which is in the southern part of Costa Rica. And they are replanting trees, talking with farmers about soil conservation and water conservation. And what the role that Shedd Aquarium is playing with partnership with the Field Museum as well. So again, this is this is a grant that brought many institutions together to work together. We are going to be assessing the freshwater biodiversity of those areas, both the fish as well as the invertebrates. And we're, what we're also doing is working with local stakeholders in those countries. And so we've established a partnership with the University of Costa Rica to do much of this work with many faculty members. We're bringing graduate students on board from Costa Rica to do some of this work. So it's really a wonderful collaboration. And it's one of, to, to be honest, it's, it's particularly exciting for me, the capacity building element that we can do that we wouldn't have been able to do without this grant. So this grant really is transformative in terms of the impact impact that it's going to have, not just for Chicago, in 
institutions, but for also for the people in the countries where we're going to be serving. Yes, I'm sure you're not going to have any trouble getting volunteers for Costa Rica and the Caribbean to work on these. <laughs> um, so as I mentioned many times, the Shedd Aquarians, it's a wonderful place for anyone that's curious about science or fish uh, or, or ecosystems, no matter what age, but it's especially uh, uh, touching for children. What do you like best about your job? So I, again, I've been at Shed for over three decades. And so I- You were start, one of those kids. <laughs> I was one of those kids. So I started and just, you know, every, I, I, that's all I thought about it was, was fish. And so to be here, honestly, it was a dream job. I mean, I would have done this job for free. But it's like with any job, right? You, you know, you get more focused and, and I was into conservation and I was into my field-based work. But then when I had kids of my own and I brought them to Shed, and I bring them back to some of those same habitats or some that are different that have been re renovated. And I see the look on their face and the, the light in their eye. It really hammered it home. Like, yes, it, it came back. This is why we're doing it. Because we are, I mean, in some cases, and I don't want to get depressed, but we're kind of failing in some ways about biodiversity conservation, right? And so we need all of the tools in the toolbox to help try to conserve nature whenever we can. And I do think that zoos and aquariums, and I'm still passionate after 30 years, we serve a very unique role in that conservation space because people are a key component to conservation. And if we can't engage people, and if we can't, we could do whatever, we could do all the research in the world, but if we're not engaging people and bringing them along to help make the difference, then we're not being as effective as we can be. Well, this was a little off topic, but I was recently in Florida and we walked towards the beach and we all started coughing because of the red tide. And the Sargosa Sea has produced a big patch of uh, seaweed, I guess. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Any, any, anything you know about that on why it happened and how we could abate it? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, there's a lot of research being done right now about what causes red tide. We all know that, you know, there's a um, there's actually a dinoflagellate that causes the poison that's in the red tide and that poisons the fish and so um, and other animals. Um, you know, some people think it's linked to climate change. It's linked to, um, you know, an overdose of, you know, herbicides and pesticides that go through the water or, or fertilizers. And so um, there's really, I think this is a, a warning call that this, our environment is being impacted. And so we need to look at all of the causes. And so um, I, I think that, you know, if, if you're seeing that and if it's causing you to have that reaction, then that's good. Then it's like, well, what's the next step? And talking about, it, especially in Florida, and especially with trying to understand and potentially, you know, can there be some mitigation strategies um, that we can put in place policy-wise to help mitigate those um, those tides? Yeah, it's sad for me to see that uh, we've destroyed oceans. You know, when you look at what we've done, oceans are so big and vast that uh, we've had such an impact on them. So people like you and organizations like The Shed are so important. Uh, Chuck, any closing remarks? Yes, thank you. Um, well, because you mentioned oceans, and I just also want to say, and, but we've actually have been destroying freshwater habitats at a higher rate, right? So we're losing freshwater habitats and biodiversity at twice the pace as terrestrial or marine. So although marine often gets a lot of the attention because they have a lot of charismatic species, beautiful coral reefs, clear water, 
maybe freshwater systems don't have that, but freshwater systems play critical roles, obviously for humans, we need fresh, clean drinking water and sanitation, but it's the, it's the biodiversity that really makes that happen. And so that's why this new Center for Species Survival, freshwater, we purposely designated it with the focus on freshwater specifically because we need to address the needs. And so um, I just encourage people if they're listening to you know get involved when you can, come visit us at SHED and just learn about our programs and um, just try to make a difference in your everyday lives. Well, Chuck, I always enjoy talking uh, to people that have great passion and I can see you have that. So congratulations on the SHED Aquarium's designation as a Center for uh, Species Survival. And thank you for sharing your thoughts on GreenSense Show. Thank you so much, it was a pleasure. That's Chuck Knapp, Vice President of Conservation Research at SHED Aquarium. GreenSense Show is sponsored by CEA Technology. Visit CEATECA10.com to see our growing technology. I'm Robert Colangelo. Thank you for listening to GreenSense and check out the GreenSense Minute every Thursday and Saturday on 105.9 FM WBBM Chicago. And visit the GreenSenseShow.com website to learn more about sponsorship. GreenSense Show is sponsored by CEA Technology, providing a sustainable modular indoor growing system. Visit CEATECHN.com to learn more.